1: Welcome back to yet another exciting episode of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA, and I'm joined today by three other lovely folks. But of course, before we get to them, we got to tell you about our fine sponsors for today, our good friends over at Bell Promo. Uh, Look, Bell Promo is the home of the 12-piece minimum on everything. They offer simplified pricing, one low setup, and never repeat setups, regardless of the number of colors, locations, or decoration method. Bell Promo has the largest inventory of product styles and colors and in top categories like drinkware, bags, writing instruments, and apparel. Bell Promo offers free samples and was one of the 2021 best places to work. Be the reason someone smiles today and check out bellpromo.com. That's B-E-L-P-R-O-M-O.com. Tell them the industry insider sent you. Why don't we say hey to Stephen McFadden? That was an interesting book you were reading there, sir. What was that?
2: Um, well, I was, I'm currently on the um, chapter of Animals That Will Kill You. Um, it's a survival <clears throat> tactic book. It says 72 survival tactics that you hope you never need. And we were brushing, brushing up on uh, Bengal tigers. I think was the one I was on. So uh, too soon. Uh, sorry, uh, I was reading about the grizzly bears. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, see the connection until just now. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. Meg
1: Erber, how are Rewind. you doing? Rewind.
2: <laughs>
3: um, <clears throat> I, you know it's January fourth. It is my mom and dad's anniversary. I'm forty. 40- Something to so their forty-something married years. So congratulations, happy anniversary, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm just—it's weird being back to work after being off for so long. I'm like, Whoa. so yeah, but I'm happy. I'm excited. Excited for Vegas next week.
1: Yeah, it definitely was not uh, was not super fun getting back to the grind. That's for sure. After taking mm-hmm. you know what eight, ten days off, something like that over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, well needed. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. but look. We are joined today by a very special guest, Paul Corey, and we're going to talk about that grind. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going we're gonna to talk to Paul. And look, Paul, it is customary for us to give our special guest a good three to four minutes to introduce themselves, maybe how you got started in the promotional products industry and, uh, and what you've been up to
0: since. So take it away, sir. Sure. <clears throat> well, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I don't want to give away the years I've been doing this. That would, be, uh, that would really date me. So let's just say it's, it's been quite a while. Um, I started in the industry with a company called um, GPA Associates, and we we sold writing instruments for Papermate, Parker, and um, it was based in Boston, Massachusetts. And for me, coming from consumer products, it was quite a bit different. Um, I didn't really know what promo goods were. And then I got back to my house and I started walking around my house and taking a look at all the stuff that had logos on it. And I was like, holy smokes. What an industry. Um, You go through and look from drinkware to pens to frisbees to apparel to caps. It's just amazing how we provide all this cool stuff um, for our customers. And then they obviously sell to the end user. But um, it's, I'll I'll give you, it's been about 30 years since I've been doing this. Um, I didn't really know
3: the industry i thought you did
0: i thought you were like the co-creator of the <laughs> product industry <laughs> you know what it's i wake up every day and i know we've all been off and um i took december off um my daughter had a baby which was very exciting and she happens to be in the industry too and so does my other daughter who works with meg at sns so it's truly a family business um but i was home for a month and um i'm like i'm chomping at the bit to go and you guys talked about Las Vegas. Well, I'm leaving today to go to Orlando for ASI. So it's just for me, it's just great to see people again, to be back out in front of people, especially after 2020, when we were staying at home and doing all these Zoom calls. And you guys started your little show, um, which I think is great. But getting back to me, it's, it's been almost 30 years. And I've sold hard goods for Papermate. I've worked for uh, Leeds Bullet Line. Um, I've worked for Vantage. I've worked for Ash City, and now I'm the VP of Business Development um, at Burnside Sierra Pacific Apparel, um, based in Houston, Texas. Um, I work for great people. It's a family business. Um, They've been in business for 55 years, and unlike a lot of people in this industry, um, I cover not only the United States but I also handle Europe and um, Canada. So I get to go overseas and do my trade shows over there and meet people and. I've just been blessed. It's been it's been 30 years of just having a really good time, working with friends. Um, you know, in any industry, you're going to have a little issues here and there, but I can say that 95% of the people I meet are just unbelievable people. You want to get up every day and help them. And um, I know I'm looking at my emails already piling up here on Tuesday morning, but that's what gets me going. So. I really am glad that you guys um, had me on and I could share a little bit of influence um, or pass a little influence along to everybody and, um, on kind of what I do.
1: Yeah, so that's that's really why we wanted to talk because, you know, Stephen, this was your idea for the topic. So I don't know if you want to take it from here, but essentially it's just the the amount of travel and stuff that suppliers go through, especially this time of year.
2: Yeah, I I know, um, you know, from the distributor perspective, you know, I I have to assume that our travel is probably much less than from the supplier perspective. Um, I know that, you know, personally, all all I know is what I do. But um, when I see the the frequency of the out of office messages or the delayed response messages from the suppliers, I'm like... Let's let's bring that to light a little bit, like let's share a little bit about what the first quarter looks like for a supplier, because, you know, we hear about it when we go to the one trade show. Right. And we meet with you all and you're like, we just landed from this place and we're about to turn around and go to this place. And We're like, holy smokes, how long, how much are you traveling? So um, I just thought it'd be cool to do a little Q&A. Maybe you guys can tell us a little bit of the, the behind the scenes of, you know, this this grind you guys are about to embark on starting today and tomorrow. So um, so maybe that's how we kick it off. Um, I know Orlando is this week. Um, Vegas is next week. There's um, shows, regional shows that'll kick off then throughout. There's um, I, I made, uh, shows like Facilis has their show at the end of February. There's uh, IPU shows, there's animation. Show, there's, there's so many shows that are packed into, it seems like the first three months. So maybe share a little bit about like what that looks like, like what's your schedule like the next uh, two, three months, guys?
3: <laughs> I will say before you guys hop into this last year, it was a, a little off still, right? It wasn't as much travel, it started to pick up, but I feel like everybody had moved every event, every party, every, everything to October. So whereas normally yeah. I would travel here and there, pretty much didn't travel all year yeah. until October, and then I was gone the entire month. Yeah. So I think this year it's spread out. I think people are planning a little bit better this year. And I mean, from starting next week, I'm, I'm gone <clears throat> once a month, I think, for, you know, including my own little trips that I'm taking, but it's gonna it's be crazy. And I know we've covered topics before like this, like, oh, what's your rituals? Like, you know, you guys did something last week. Hey, don't forget your neti pot, because <laughs> I won't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Paul, so you're starting this week, going to Orlando, mm-hmm. then Vegas. Do you have any pre, like, pre-travel like pre rituals? Do you have anything that you, like, do every time you travel? How does that look?
0: So, <clears throat> first off, Meg, great job in October at the Sagney Show. Um you guys did a really, really good job getting people to come out there. It was probably one of the better shows that I did last year. Um, so hats off to you and the whole group at Sagni. Um Thank you. I think last year I did 48 shows. So if that's any indication of where I've been and what I've been doing, it's, it's crazy. And I'm sitting here right now looking at my calendar and um, for January, and I leave tomorrow, or today to go to uh, uh, Orlando, and I'll be doing two shows there, the Surf Show and ASI Orlando. I get back I get back on Friday, and then I leave again Sunday to head out to Las Vegas um, for the uh, PPAI show, which I'm excited to go out there again. I mean, Everybody, I think a lot of people now are just weird. That was just trade shows again after COVID. People were really like you said, Meg, they were staying home trying to get a feel for what's going on. But, um, I think this year the gloves are off and people are going to be back on the streets and hitting the airports. So, for me, that's really exciting. Um, and then I leave and come back on Thursday, and then I leave Monday to go to Ohio to do. Traveling shows through Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland. And from Cleveland, I leave and fly to Long Beach that same week for the ISS show, um, which is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then I come back on Monday and leave Tuesday to do the ASI show in Fort Worth. And that's on um, Wednesday and Thursday. And then from there, I leave and go to Carolina Maids Open House on the 27th and 28th in Charlotte. Um, come back on the 29th and then the 31st, I leave or I'm in here in Atlanta to do the Gap Show, which is a regional association show that attracts about 600 people. And then from there, I leave and go to Alfred Broder's Open House in uh, Connecticut up at uh, the Foxwoods or the one of the casinos up there. And then I come back on the fourth, and I need to do American business in Nashville.
2: So, so let me ask you this. Uh, let me get. Let me ask you guys, kind of all three of you, in the first three months, how many days are you home versus away? I think that would be a good place to to kind of boil it down to. Yep.
0: So in January, I'm home four days. <laughs> it's, it's all it's January. of January. That's it's gone, right? I mean. And you know what? I push it to the limit. My company doesn't make me do all these shows. But in order to get exposure for my brand, when we do have our wholesalers like SNS and Alpha Broder, but I just feel that it's imperative that I'm at these shows to spread the love and get all mm. my products out there. Um, and when you're doing regional or local shows, you get a lot of the mom and pops or the middle tier customers. And they're the ones who do a lot of the buying and they don't go to the big shows so I'm able to capture that business there. But um, Meg asked me a question of how do I prepare? I have three sample kits that have pop-up booths, samples tagged, catalogs, table covers, and I'm shipping these all over the United States, and I ship them into my hotel, um, set up for the trade show, then I ship that one to another show, and then I just keep moving on down the line. But Stephen, I think I'm home <laughs> Sixteen days, the first three months of the year.
2: Mm. Jeff, Meg, what about you all? Because uh, I know you guys are do- doing some of the mega shows.
1: I'm I'm home more than that, but not. Well, sure. A ton, I, hope, sure. I know I January, hope a lot more, but yeah. no. I, believe it or not, in January it was supposed to be that way. Um, but that was because there was a, a personal trip that we were supposed to take in there as well. That's not happening now. Uh, A friend of ours is getting married uh, in Guatemala, and we were going to head down there for a week for for the wedding, but that's not happening. So I guess I'm home a week longer than Paul in January. (laughs) But
2: still, that's half of January you're not home.
1: Uh, Yeah, more than half that I'm not home. I'd say 60%, maybe, of the first three months, I'm gone.
2: Muted Meg. That's your new nickname.
1: Muted, Meg. Oh, and Steven, since she's (laughs) muted, I see one of those Bengal Tigers in the background there that you're talking Uh, about. Oh, yeah.
2: Careful. 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 All right, Meg. Answer the
3: question. Okay. First first
2: three months, give us the percentage or days.
3: Mine is nowhere near like Paul's. I used to travel like that when I was a jet line, but national wise, I'm very secluded to South Jersey, Philadelphia area, so I only have my regionals and the Big Vegas show, but SNS is having their national sales meeting in January, Wednesday. I've got or Wednesday. Oh my gosh, March. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how this is already going. Um, yeah, Rain March. We in. have a couple of things. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, mm. so I'm no, nowhere near as much as Paul, and I'm so thankful. I just don't think I have that in my bandwidth anymore. I, I don't. Mm. I love traveling, but ugh, man, after not traveling like I used to for the last three years, it's like. Ugh. I like to
2: wear a sweatpants. Well, one of the <laughs> like things that I
3: want to- <laughs> you,
0: you guys are young. You should be able to get out there. I'm telling you. Um, I think we need to talk about something, too, that the effectiveness of trade shows.
1: I was going to ask you that because that was a question that I had. I mean, as much as you're gone and as many shows as you just listed off and the cost of some of these shows and the oversaturation mm-hmm. of some of these shows, like how do you actually decide what shows to do and the effect, the effectiveness or the efficacy of those shows, you know, based on the ROI? Like, what are you doing to measure that? Why is it worth doing what you're doing, Paul?
0: I mean, it's a good question, and it's a question my owners ask me all the time. Um, obviously, like you, you alluded to, I'm spending money um, to fly there for the hotel. Um, sometimes, just my bar tab alone is. put somebody, you know, in, in holy terror. Um, but I can, I can do this. I've been doing most of these shows, the re the big regionals, like ASI, PPAI, and then like PPAP and GAP and all those, those kind of just qualify themselves because it's the beginning of the year. And a lot of people are not traveling anymore to Vegas, especially in the Northeast, mid Atlantic and the Southeast. So I really try to focus on those areas, the beginning part of the year, because they're not gonna get the attention that they would get if they're going to Las Vegas for PPAI. Um, I I track a lot of my movement by samples that I give out to people. Um, I take business cards, I scan the customers and it's a pain in the butt, but pretty much every night I go back to my hotel room and I send follow-up emails. To all of these customers, just reminded them of what we talked about and what can I do to get more of your business. And, you know, if I get 10 to 20 percent of that back to me, it's well worth it. Because there's no way in one day, Jeff, that I'm doing a little trade show in Columbus, Ohio. And I see 35 people and I have seven great conversations that could lead to orders or program business. There's no way I could do that making a sales call. Not in one day. And when I do my regional shows with my buddies, I also am there for a week. So the show might be Tuesday and Wednesday, but Thursday and Friday, I'll be out making calls in that area um, to the bigger customers. So I'm kind of doing a two for one deal when I do the smaller shows and, and they have just paid off. I mean, as a company, we we're up 45% last year, which I think is awesome. We have great wholesalers like s s Alpha Broder, Mission and Printables, One Stop, the list goes on and on. But you guys, especially with somebody like Meg, she's got 60 brands of apparel. There's no way that Meg can go out at a trade show and talk about all the brands and, and talk about my brand. I've got to be there to push my apparel through our wholesalers. And the only way I know how to do that and maximize my time to be effective and see a large group of people um, are doing small regional shows, traveling shows with groups of people. Like in Meg's area there, they do, um, it's called Nira, and they go up and down the East Coast. And we did shows outside when it was COVID, people were still afraid. We, we did shows in rain and wind and 95 degrees. But the people that came out there really appreciated what we did. And they, more, and they also appreciate that I follow up with them because a lot of people can talk the talk but when they get back home, they just unfortunately drop the ball. Um, I just follow all the way through, and then I've got an inside team that follows up too. So I think we're getting the biggest bang for our buck when we do these events.
2: Nice. Well, one of the things I wanted to make sure we we chatted about was some of the logistics of of setting up, right? So obviously you have a ton of shows. You know, you just mentioned smaller shows, regional shows. So, but then I know from Jeff and Meg, I'm looking at the dates here. There's 72 hours between breakdown day and setup day between Orlando and Vegas, which are east and west coast. Right. And we're talking, these displays are massive. You know, for anyone that hasn't experienced trying to set up a trade show booth, especially in a union town, especially with regulations, nothing moves very fast. Um, like once it gets in there, it's a process. And so just, in my head, I'm thinking, I could barely get, I I missed my flight, uh, because I couldn't get uh, um, a tag fast enough to get a reclaim ticket to turn in a thing. How are you going to not miss a trade show, you know, in in 72 hours? So, um, you know, Paul, I'd love your perspective on, you know, what type of setup you have as you go to these places, and how do you keep so mobile? And then Jeff and Meg, if you guys have any insight on, the behind-the-scenes of this Orlando to Vegas timeline, I, I'd be curious to know.
3: I I don't know how people are Go keeping ahead, their same booth from January. I'm sorry, from Orlando to Vegas. I have no idea how they're not doing two different booths. I is that what why. it is? It's two two separate
2: I, setups. Is that it's got to be right?
1: No, the care the Freeman caravan, which is expensive, but I mean that's who handles both shows. So they're actually going, sure, they're sure. taking all the all the freight basically from Orlando to mm-hmm. Vegas. I don't know how the hell they're doing it in 48 hours. because uh, it's not even 72 when you really think about it. Cause you're talking that's about true. the end that's of true. Friday and then the beginning of Monday. It's really Saturday and Sunday. It's got to get there in time. Oh, weeks. yeah. Um, it's it's insane. <clears throat> Paul, what do you I, guys do?
0: So um I'm really blessed that we have an internal team that um, for our bigger trade shows, they handle all the logistics. So for Orlando, we're going to have a smaller footprint there. I think we've only got like a 10 by 20 um, which that's shipped out separately. Mm -hmm. Um, All the clothes are steamed. They're hung. Um, The catalogs are are there, the, the trade show chairs and the backdrop and everything is there, And when we leave, we just box that up and then we're going to sh- we ship that to ASI Fort Worth. So we have a set of booths for ASI and then we have our big trade show booth, which we just keep in Las Vegas because um, we also do um, other trade shows. Um, we're also a retail company. So we do like magic and we do off brands. So that's mm-hmm. booth just stays stationary there. We ship it in to Freeman like you alluded to, Jeff, and they set it up. And we just got to come in and decorate a little bit. So logistically, that's that's not a problem where you run into problems. And I'm a little unique just because I cover the United States. Right. Well, I've got a ship when I do a trade show and it's over on Friday and I've got one starting Tuesday. Um, I've got to air freight some of that stuff. Yeah. the Hotel. And that's where I run into some issues um, as far as cost. And hoping and praying, my fingers crossed that this stuff there.
2: <laughs> gets there. Before
0: yeah, and with the catalog looking like a like an idiot, but um, it's 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 very challenging. And um, I've just been doing it for so many years that I look at my schedule and I lay everything out in December for the first four months. And um, I get with our internal team, and we go show by show by show what what we're going to do so that we don't miss anything. Because usually my company. Um, not to ramble on, but they ship all the catalogs, and uh, they ship some of the booths. I ship all the clothing and the smaller stuff from my home.
1: Makes sense. So that's that's really where I benefit, you know, working for a headwear company because doing the smaller shows, traveling from place to place, I can actually throw everything into one uh, check, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, checked uh, suitcase. Um, the basically, I've, I've I made my own. Uh, sort of wooden stands that go on one side of the suitcase, and then the hats, I mean, they're very collapsible and stackable, so they all fit on the other side of the suitcase. I mean, it's pretty, pretty amazing actually. Um, -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's the other thing that you don't really consider is that going, when you're doing all those shows, like Paul, like that you're doing, you know, the eight to five still has to happen, you know? So you had mentioned like, you're going back to the hotel room and you're working then in the evenings as well. I mean, it's, it's a grueling grind, um, you know, that's, that's not really thought about a lot of times. Um, and to give you an example, uh,
3: no, good. God, no, that Vegas is like 22 hour days. You're there in the booth what 10 hours and then it's like dinners and going out and then you come home and you're expected to be like, Oh, you were in Vegas all week. I was worried. Yeah. Why
2: haven't I heard from you from that conversation we had yesterday in Vegas? You know, it's like how many of those emails have you got? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you saw me at the bar until 2 a.m. That's why you haven't heard from me. <laughs> right. So, I was with yeah. you, right?
1: <laughs> but to give you an idea on the on the logistics, like you were asking about earlier, Stephen, I know going yeah. from Orlando to then you know coming back and then flying back out to Vegas, I'm actually was planning on um, going out to LA that weekend as well. So I'm and there's no flights. Like Here's the thing that sucks so much about these shows is that once you, once the, just the show, ASI Orlando is over at two 30. Yep. They don't start bringing booths out until three 30. And it could be anywhere from 30 minutes to four hours after that point that you get mm-hmm. your crate. And then you got to pack everything up in the crate, get it labeled, get the, your bill of lading and, and all that stuff taken care of before you can even leave the premises. So how do you, book a flight. I mean, you either got to stay the night again in Orlando or you got to book the latest flight out, which sometimes is only seven or eight o'clock. So you're really cutting it close. A lot of times, like I got the latest flight out of Orlando, uh, at eight o'clock coming back to Baltimore and I'm sleeping in my car for three hours and then going back to the airport to fly out to LA the next morning. I mean, it's,
2: yeah. So I was at a show in, um, San Diego, San Diego, um and uh we we had our the show ended at like two, same thing. I had a, a mm-hmm. 9 30 flight and I was like, I'm good. We didn't get our crate until 10 30 pm. Mm-hmm. So it was eight hours of like hanging out and like checking in and they're like, Well, you know, we got a lot of crates. I mean it's a huge show. Um, I was like, oh, right. is this how it is? Like, is this how it is? <laughs> you know, a dozen times for you all with these big shows, I can yeah. I don't have the stomach for it. Like that's, mm-mm. or I would need a team, you know, I would need people to help me do it. I can't do it as a individual person. So, so there's a yeah. couple
0: things you, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. There's a couple things you can do. Um, I have a tendency to walk back in the warehouse and look for somebody look for my crates. And then happen to have a 50 or a 20 in my hand and give it to one of the lift, the toe the tow, uh, lift drivers to bring my stuff out quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've learned that we are shipping in crates. So now we just ship in boxes <clears throat> and we ship in new boxes that are just flat on the, on the pallets and we store pallets, um, behind people's booths, behind our booth. And so that when the show's over, we're laying the pallets out. We're building boxes. We're stacking our stuff. We're shrink wrapping it. And we're out in an hour and a half. Mm. So you Smart. get to learn some tricks of the trade. Because, um, I mean, I've been stuck too. And I've missed flights and had to get up the next morning when I should have been in another city. But I'm still stuck in San Diego or in Long Beach. And I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. So you got to grease the wheel sometimes to get stuff yep. to make it happen. You really do.
3: Mm. I yeah. like that idea.
1: That is something that we used to do actually. It stored mm-hmm. the, the pallet behind the booth and when we were shipping our stuff in boxes. But it the new setup that we've had for the last five or six years, it's in a big wooden crate. There's no way to really store that no. behind the booth. So it really depends on what your setup is as well. Mm-hmm. And we're actually considering going back to a model like that, not only for you know the efficacy of you know, not wasting the time after the show, but then also just the, the freight itself yeah. and then right. dealing with, uh, you know, the extortion that Freeman and these other companies uh, charge you with. Um, I mean, it's insane. I don't know if I mentioned this, Megan. I don't know if you know this, uh, but the company that handled, because um, we had mentioned Promo East, the company that handled that convention center was straight up extortion. I mean, they charged $2,500 just to handle the material. I mean, it was insane to take it from the oh, advanced warehouse to the, to the show floor. I mean, that's
2: the drainage mean, and all that. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I would say, you know, there's this constant battle and I, I know we're trying to wrap up, but you have to think like from the distributor side, we're like, what are you bringing new? Like, how are you going to engage us? And mm-hmm. it's always something we talk about. Like we want, show, we want show uh, trade shows that are engaging and they're fun. And it's not just the simple setups. And then on the flip side, you have to look at what's the logistics of that look like? You know, what did it take logistically for, you know, the house that NUMO built and logistically for the HBG, you know, game show thing that they created and these giant setups? Logistically, those are nightmares, you know, if you think about it. Like, um, so, you know, we want both the best of both worlds. Um, but I think if there's a PSA to be given, there needs to be a little bit of grace from the distributor side, right? You know, to the suppliers and understanding the full piece of this, right? The delayed response, which is inevitable because they're meeting with you and people like you. There's travel time in between. There's setup time in between. So, um, hopefully, this kind of gives some perspective to that, and we can
3: relax just a little bit. <laughs> so. Yeah, simmer down.
0: Yeah, I have a question, Stephen. Yeah, I don't know how many trade shows that you do um, in your area or that you attend, but are you finding those shows of value to you as a distributor, or <laughs> do you feel that it's a waste of time and you're just walking around not getting any information, any new ideas, or seeing any new products?
2: So, how many do I do I go to, or how many yes. do we exhibit at personally as a company? Right. Um,
0: that you exhibit at.
2: That we exhibit at. Yeah. Um, so I, I we our company exhibits at two a year um, and they're very niche for kind of some of our growth and they are incredibly valuable, incredibly valuable. I mean, we'll, we'll have uh, we'll break, you know, we'll make back what we've put into these trade shows uh, within 30 days, like easily. And the one show I mean, I know you guys have talked about expensive shows. I don't mind saying this because they don't probably listen to this podcast, but the one show we do is a 10 by 10 booth and it's $20,000, but it's a C it's the level show. Um, and it's all the right type of people and it's, it's amazing for us. So we'd spend double that if we needed to. Um, but if you know, it's, it's a cost of doing business, right? It's, it's a, a very expensive cost to do business, but it's, it's a good show. Um,
0: so what about personally when you're walking around just doing regional shows or travel shows in your area, how effective yeah. are those okay. shows to you? So we,
2: I go to um, – I'll go to Vegas, um, and I will go to um, – so we're part of Facilis, so we'll go to the Facilis uh, trade show uh, where they bring in the preferred suppliers for that, and then we'll have uh, people visit us in our showroom. So we don't do very many shows. Um, we have done several regional shows, um, and we've also done East and things like that. We we find that the timing of them is more what how we choose yeah. to go to shows, you know. So we'll we'll choose one in the beginning of the year, right? So it used to be Orlando, then it became Vegas because it was just a more valuable show in our opinion. Um, so we would use that as our kickoff, and then as we we kind of take a pulse. Are we feeling drained of ideas? Are we feeling like we need to meet with people? Have we not had that opportunity? And if so, then we'll look at what shows are coming up in that time frame to kind of rejuvenate us and, and give us some more um, help and then reach out to our partners to figure out, hey, you know, are you around? Are you gonna be at any of these shows? Would it be valuable if we set up a meeting with you? Things like that, so. Okay.
3: Interesting. I know like I, for me, I think going to these trade shows is so beneficial to get in front of customers that I may not get to see all year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big shows are great. I love going, I haven't done a regional show <clears throat> since we did outside shows with near yeah. during COVID. I, I don't think. And I don't really have an answer as to why. I just, I know I need to get back and do them. I think I've been so busy otherwise but I haven't had the a moment to, to deal with the smaller shows, but I don't know this year I feel like we might be able to get back into doing them. I just uh, haven't but yeah cool and I'm really looking Very forward cool. to Vegas. I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody I didn't get to, I didn't go last year because I was sick so I am really looking forward to forging those connections and relationships and seeing everybody I haven't seen and getting away from this cat. And I just say, so the the one, the one hardest part is family, right? The hardest part is leaving family, mm. especially when you haven't left for so long. Like October was really rough for everybody last year. And looking out, you know, in my crystal ball, it's gonna be a tough year this year too with all the travel. But I think what's really neat is finding different ways to, you know, bringing home stuff or um, for instance, we're doing our podcast live from the show floor in Las Vegas, which is really nice. exciting so i think it's airing at one o'clock vegas time and four o'clock our time so i was telling adeline i'm like when you get off the bus come right inside and turn on the computer and you can see mommy And she thinks that they're cool. She thinks I'm
1: famous. This will be the first time that all three of us have been live at a show together to do a podcast since the first year that we were doing the podcast. you guys realize that? Yeah. Jeff
2: Jeff hasn't been to Vegas in so long, he has to Google Maps Eye Candy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember where it's at. Is it even still called Eye Candy?
0: (laughs) You'll find out when you get there, Jeff. Uh, (laughs) That place needs to go away, let me tell you. It's... I've had some yeah. good times there and some really rough times the next morning after what happened that night. So yeah,
3: yeah. I'm
0: sure I'll be there.
3: You know, there's a the
1: there. time of diminishing returns. That's, <laughs> that's what I'd like to what I'd like to say. So yeah. Well, well, all right. All safe,
2: I was going to say, I wish you guys safe travels. I know um, you guys are leaving for Orlando, <laughs> Orlando today, tomorrow. So, and then I'll see a lot of you again in Vegas. So good luck with the stretch ahead. Um, but I appreciate you guys shedding some insight.
0: I just want to thank you guys for having me on. Um, I appreciate what you do. You guys are fun. You're educational. Um, And it's, we need more of that. I mean, like I said earlier on, our industry is filled with good people and um, we do a lot of good for a lot of companies and, you know, it's nice. It's a good business. Both of my daughters are in it and we all enjoy it. And I thank you again for having me on. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank you.
3: It was definitely a pleasure. And I love both your daughters. I, I work with Morgan, and I remember the first time I got to meet Megan at some events, and I was like, oh, I got all the quarries now. love it.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen Megan in forever. I, I'm assuming, well, I'll see her in Vegas. No, she's, she's not going to be there. She's
0: not. No, she's no. um she's going to stay home this time with the little baby. So she's not going to be back to work until March. So. Oh, I gotcha. Um, nice. Yeah. She's going to well, miss
3: congratulations it. Congratulations again. Thank um, you so much. Do you go by Grandpa, Grandpa, Gr- uh, Pop Up? What's your What's your? Pop-Pop no, name? I haven't
0: quite figured that out. Um, it's I don't know. We'll see what he calls me. Hopefully, it's something okay.
3: good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Completely understandable. Uh, Well, listen, this broadcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Bell Promo. Again, they're the home of the 12-piece minimum on everything, and they offer simplified pricing, one low setup, and never repeat setups, regardless of the number of colors, locations, or decoration method. Bell Promo has the largest inventory of products, styles, and colors and in top categories, like drinkware, bags, writing instruments, and apparel. Bell Promo offers free samples and was uh, one of the 2021 best places to work. So be the reason someone smiles today and go check them out at bellpromo.com. Tell them the industry insider sent you. Uh, guys, really appreciate you. Uh, hopefully we'll see you. Well, I guess we'll see you next week for sure. in Vegas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right. Hi, I
3: think I'm having dinner with Paul on Monday, aren't
0: I? Uh, you are. I'm looking forward to it. I'm oh, looking nice. forward to it as well. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Good
1: deal. Well, until next time, guys, we'll see ya. Take you. Take care.